Joe, uh, why isn't there a pregnant Barbie doll? Why? Ken came in a different box. But there is a divorced Barbie. Oh, really? She comes with half of Ken's stuff. I'm <laughs> oh, just kidding aside. Ken's gay. Anyways, <laughs> this is Jacques. I'm Joe. And sort of welcome to Carnival Personnel. Hello. We, we are just in a fine mood today. And by we, <laughs> I mean me. Joe. Thank you. Can we replace me with that box? <laughs> hey, that's what I said to my wife. Anyways. hey um, So let's get right into it. Uh, we're skipping over... Depression. Fa- oh, wait. Yeah, you know, yes. It's depression. Your depression is different. My depression is fat shaming. I can't believe I've had a bad week of working out. No skating again. But yet I'm eating... What is chips? Queso dip and... Uh, Purple stuff. <laughs> you know, we're back on the soda. Two two weeks without it, I felt great. And now I'm back on the black tar heroin, or as I like to call it, Diet Dr. Pepper. Shame on you for bringing these tasty treats to my house and making me fat you in the process. I Stop sticking these in my mouth. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey. Hashtag me too. I need an adult. Um, so he said it was like a mouthful of fucking <laughs> chocolate. I'm peanut butter. <laughs> It's protein. <laughs> so, where it is, uh, uh, Women's History Month, um, and, and, and last week we talked about Geraldine Ferraro. Uh, this week we're we're talking a little bit about which I didn't know about. I've heard about it. Have, do you know what Emily's list is? No, it's not like Angie's list. The the contractor plumbers ref- and stuff like this. Yeah. It's a foundation which helps. Women, Democrat women, they they're they're not mixing warts. They are not interested in helping Republican women fundraise. Racist. Learn how learn how to basically they're they groom. If you want to run for office, whether it's for dog catcher or a success story like Elizabeth Warren, they get you started. They help you fundraise at the very beginning. They get you up and running. That's the whole thing. To not run your campaign. To not like handhold you through the whole process, but to, you know, if you're interested and they have a very clear, very uh, narrow, you know, um, demographic. Demographic. You got to be a woman, got to be pro choice, got to be a Democrat. You know, so even if you're a Republican who comes in and a woman who says, oh, I'm pro choice, it's like, great, I wish you well, but we're not interested in helping you. And the uh, CEO of this was on Seth Meyers the other day. It was a fascinating, like, listen to, you know, how much, you know, they played a role in the blue wave, uh, you know, and not just, and of course, you know, the the big shiny stuff like the House and the Senate, like that, that gets all the national attention. But on state and local levels, they've had, they've helped over 1,400 women run successful campaigns since their uh, foundation. So, you know, the Republican Party has something similar for a white anti-choice uh, men. It's called the Republican Party. <laughs> they have the same exact thing. I can picture, like, you know, some bigwig on the GOP watching this interview on Seth Meyers and going, you know, you know, <laughs> she's finally catching up to where the GOP has been on the other side 150 years ago. Uh, 250. Yeah, maybe 250. Ever? Ever? Um, so, all right. Uh, but, I, but, but, yeah, I mean, in... Uh, under the auspice of like you know um, celebrating Women's History Month, you know uh, that's a that's an organization that 
was brought to my attention. Management watches and, and is going through this big Seth Meyers phase, which I'm all good with. Mm. Um, and she was telling me about it, and it's something that uh, I'm gonna. Or she's she wants to look into about getting involved with, and, mm. you know, if there's like local, you know, support things and stuff like that. So there you go. That that's that's our not to Women's History Month. Women's Making History Month. Right now, back to the history of sandwiches. <laughs> The you look. mean the, the history of sandwiches? <laughs> the history is well played. So I keep saying we're going to post stuff, and we never do after the shows. And it's not by we. He means me. I know. No. Sorry. Sorry, no. folks. I don't care about you or like, social media. Well, I do. And like last week, I said I was going to post Roddy's song, Stupid Ass Boston Face Guy. Couldn't, couldn't figure out how, because I'm old. Well, he, he's like- how do I paste this? How do I? He asked me on a text. I can't figure out how to tweet out a song that isn't on the internet. And I'm like, you can't, because if you do that from your computer, it's called file sharing. <laughs> so it's like you have to, like, you could tweet a link to a video or something that's been published on the internet. But if it's, you know, an obscure song that may or may not have, you know, hit the World Wide Web and it's, uh, what, 30 years of existence, then maybe you need to take some initiative and put that on a SoundCloud or something. Yeah, it's on Spotify. Again, it's a paid service. Well, oh, okay. I, I think, yeah, I don't know if you can link to a song on Spotify. I mean, Spotify. if I posted it on, like, if I posted it on Facebook. I tried Googling bo- a stupid Boston face guy. I got, I think, zero. No, I got negative two responses. Well, 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 Roddy will have to step up his online presence because uh, it's a great song. But, well, what that said, and in the past I've said we were going to, you know, put out clips from our stuff. In the history of all the stand-up, podcast, sketch comedy things that we've done since 94, I got to rank Physics Today in the top five. Uh, we're giving a shout out to to truly a, a person I consider a brother, uh, Professor uh, Ross Salowich, tenure professor at the uh, uh, Maryland University, University of Maryland, sorry, uh, the Tarpons, Tarpons, I think. Um, and, you know, Ross has been a big part of my family's life since I'm going to say like 82, probably 82, 83. Um and it was, you know, it's his birthday as we record this. But in 1994, Joe and I did a skit, and it is. It's one of my favorite skits uh, called Physics Today. You'll do a better job explaining it. You know I won't. It was a discussion panel show where the moderator has on uh, two guests. This one focuses focused on, it was a biweekly show focusing on physicists and the world of physics. And so you had on uh, a person who would be the, you know, on one side of an argument where it would, in this case it was me playing Dr. Ross Salowich, and then I would debate physics, general physics, because, you know, us as non-physicists and also non-writers, <laughs> writing a sketch about two physicists debating physics is a little, you know, d- part, pardon the pun, <laughs> sketchy. So I would debate physics with um, not another human being, of course, but a rerun of Alice. 
Alice being the 1970 hit TV show. Oh, God. Oh, Lindelof. I know. How does the theme song go? Uh, something that no, something that uh, used to be sad, used to be shy. Suddenly something, something uh, 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 and I knew was my favorite sport. I gotta get out from under, from under, cause life's too short. There's a new girl in town, and she's. Feeling good, got a smile, got a song for the neighborhood, and it's so, I don't know. And there was flow. Anyways, yeah, so. so Sung by Linda Lavin, by the way. Yes, and I was working in Phoenix a few years ago. Actually, if I go to Phoenix, Biff, I'm giving you a heads up now. If we go to, if I go to Phoenix with the John Taylor Fertilizer Hockey Organization and, uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Is it Memorial Day? Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. The the Alice the restaurant that it was based on is in Phoenix. Alice doesn't live here anymore. And the the creator of the show was literally driving cross country, had breakfast there one day, just jotted down all these notes about the characters. And a few years later created the show based oh, on so wait, it real wasn't... people in a real re- in a real diner. Just outside of Phoenix. So was it not based on the movie Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore? It wasn't it like a Martin Scorsese movie or something? But there was, a, there was this specific diner and these people in it right. was, was based on this, you know. Of so, course, whose diner was it? It was Mel's. Yeah. Played by, oh, I see the guy. Vic Tolk. Vic, Vic. Yeah, Tolback. I Vic think it's Tolback. Tolback. Yeah. Well, this was completely. <laughs> this was supposed to be a one second thing. I'd rather talk about the show Alice than our talk sketch. About the show. Anyways, Ross Salowich's well, uh, uh, "Kiss My Grits." The show gave us "Kiss My Grits." So the the point of this ramble, unfortunate ramble, is that the sketch that we had was I played Doctor Ross Salowich, named after a real person, <laughs> debating physics with a TV set playing the rerun of Alice. So I would say, you know, something. That it was kind of pseudo smart, and then all of a sudden, Jacques, being the moderator, would say, Um, Reverend Morales, your thoughts, Flo saying, Kiss my grits. And uh, am I wrong because it's been a while since I've seen this skit? Was was the rerun of Alice on the show to promote a book <laughs> that it wrote? Did the rerun of Alice write a book? Yes, it did. Uh, now here's the best part about it so this was a, this was a sketch comedy show. That we had syndicated, I think it was, I, I don't remember how many cable access places picked it up. We had two shows simultaneously. One was a music video show that had some sketches. One was a sketch comedy show that had some music videos in it sometimes. And uh, a lot, so Ross at the time, I don't remember. Okay, so yeah, so 93, he's a professor at Harvard at the time and and he was a professor at Harvard at th- at this point he's a professor at Harvard for nearly a decade real white trash and uh, how many of his friends saw the skit because <laughs> it aired in Somerville it aired in Cambridge it aired in Lexington you think Harvard colleagues are watching public access but they television? were that's the most effed up thing is like cuz he and then we did another skit like we used him we used we used Professor Russell, which in another skit. I think it was another installment of Physics Today. <laughs> so and he loved it. You know, he absolutely. Uh, yeah, we, you know. Oh, it was our friend Steve who played a complete idiot, and he would hit himself with a rubber bat. bat. <laughs> 
we'd have Dr. Ross Salowich and a complete, a flaming idiot. And then, like, it would have his name, you know, Steve, underneath a flaming idiot. Oh, highbrow stuff. Really cerebral stuff. That was the first Physics Today. The, the, the rerun of Alice was the follow-up. That was the sequel. So, so we kind of we stepped up. We went, like, that was the... Empire Strikes Back of sequel to Skits, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, well, wouldn't not that, the meatballs too? W- wouldn't that constitute having a third if we were the Empire? Day's not over. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, happy birthday to Professor Ross Salowich and the rerun of Alice. Mm, Doctor Ross Salamu, we salute you. <laughs> um, so I, I quickly want to, and I, oh, I should have done. I should have written this down. I apologize. Um, the internet can be uh, a place of uh, good now and then. Oh. Uh, I saw a tweet the other day, and I don't know if it was a grandson put it out, an old guy holding a sign um, with his with a World War II like, you know, hat on, and it said, like, I'm a World War II vet. I turn 100 on May 17th, and I'm hoping to get 100 letters for my hundredth birthday, mm-hmm. and it's like you know somebody had you know I, I think like Patton Oswald had like had retweeted. It's like okay, internet, do your thing. It took maybe ten minutes, and I actually wrote the old guy a letter, oh. um, included a couple pictures, you know, um, uh, and and honestly, it's one of those selfish things where I took ten minutes. I, I had one of those uh, forever stamps that I got a few years ago, so I don't know how much it cost me. Let's say fifty cents with the stamp and envelope, and I feel really good about it. Yeah, saving that money on that stamp. I mean, that would be like a that forty-seven was, cent stamp. Now, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you should feel real good. Uh, so you know, uh, and the other thing, management has just downloaded an app that she was reading about, and I wish I remembered the name of it. Maybe you've heard this. Grinder. Grinder. Oh, dude, some of the dudes on that. Yeah. You telling me? <laughs> um, but it's an app for um, blind people or, or people with vision problems. Wait, wait. Go ahead. Is it called Blinder? <laughs> <laughs> it's for I hate myself. Hot gay blind people or hot people who think gay people who are blind gay people who think they're. When did I get your mouth? <laughs> Take these marbles out of here. Sorry. Cut line. <laughs> You need some water. Um, anyways, management found, uh, heard about an app. She downloaded it where blind people can, it's almost like an Uber thing. If they need help reading something or whatever. And, you know, basically the first two like respond, you know, and it's through like a FaceTime, you know, you know, type thing. And there was a guy who went to a store and wasn't sure Everything was rung upright and, you know, put the call out and she basically was able to tell him everything on this receipt and the change he got and all that stuff. I mean, it took like three minutes out of her day. It's and, a seeing eye app. Right. Oh. I, I, I will find the link of that and send it out. Uh, it only takes a couple seconds to do something kind and it is the most selfish thing you could do for yourself because, I mean, you feel good about it. So. Aside from jokes about women making sandwiches during Women's History Month, take a second and be a decent human being. Oh, yeah. I can just imagine. Um, Yeah. Uh, You can't read your credit card number? Okay, let me see that for a second. Can you turn it over? I need to get the CVC number. Way to find that cloud in the silver lining, Joe. Jesus. You know what? I mean, honestly, it's the internet. What could go wrong? Uh, Well, I think... 
I don't know. This probably checks and balances because you know who you're, you know, if you log in, you probably have to have a phone and people know it. So if you screw the person over, I don't know. You know, yes, that could probably. No, that's a library card. No, that's another library card. Hold on. Turn it around. All right. No, that's another library card. Astronaut application. (laughs) Got everything wrong but the date of birth. Right. So tomorrow. Two days after, as people are listening to this, two days ago was my fifth wedding anniversary to management. Um, Happy anniversary? Ish, yeah. It, five years. Only feels like five minutes. Underwater. <laughs> but Biff and John were there. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, Biff, I think I will tweet out the picture of the really hot girl in the background. Um, Biff and I took a picture. We got married, uh, not Biff and I, management and I got married at the at the beach, John was the best man, and Biff performed the ceremony. He was dressed as a Jedi Knight, and I was dressed as Han Solo. Of course and, you were. And John was wearing Bobby Orr's Oshawa General's Junior's outfit. Um, it, was a, yeah, it was a proud moment. And um, where Biff and I are having an action pose together, you know, me with the blaster, Han shot first, and with the lightsaber. And maybe, you know, there's somebody 20, 30 yards away in the background. And Biff's friend said, hey, who's the hottie in the background? And long-haired, tight, black outfit that you can just see from behind. Uh, That would have been my six-year-old son (laughs) wearing a Nightwing outfit that this person saw on the beach 20 yards away. And because of the hair, just assumed it was some hot chick. Do you want to put this out there on the internet? Oh, I do. I do. No, it's funny because Biff pointed out, uh, that's a six-year-old boy you're referring to. And his friend's like, well, I couldn't tell it was in the background. It was blurry. I thought it was being funny. Anyways, that's that's my takeaway from my <laughs> anniversary. But I bring it up because we're going on date night. We're going to Nick's Comedy Stop. Or we did go to Nick's Comedy Stop on Saturday. I don't think I've been there in 30 years, maybe? Used to go all the time. My friend Daryl and I went all the time. I'm guessing it's exactly the same. And because it will be the day before St. Patrick's Day, uh, all the jokes I might have heard if I went to a St. Patrick's uh-huh. Day comedy show in Boston in 1986. Mm-hmm. Except it won't have a cigarette machine. It I- will not. It, it's Nick's. It might. Right. I know. I know. I'm just Look at me assuming here. Uh, but this is the... First of three comedy shows I'm going to this month. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow this up by going out with a couple other hotties a week from tomorrow. You mean a week? F- no, on Saturday. A week from? No, you're going out on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. The 23rd. With, with us. Who is? Me. And maybe... The cast of Formal Edition. Maybe the cast of Formal Edition. So, uh, myself, my friend, our friend Jim, our friend Steve... We'll potentially all be going. I'm not sure. Steve's a little, you know, I think he's going, but I don't know. And Jim's a little, yeah, I guess it, I, maybe he's going. And maybe Jacques a little. I'm expecting to have three tickets for sale on StubHub in about a week to go see Norm MacDonald at the Wilbur. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a real, a real hoot nanny. And I think we're planning on doing a podcast recording that night before, before we go yeah. out. Yeah. And I think I, and I think it'll be Jim and Steve, but we don't have enough microphones for that. So we got, we have, yeah, we'll Jim make it work. Jim and Steve are close. They can double up. Exactly. They always harmonize when they do their NC. Oh, God. Team. It's like Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young. Right. Uh, Nash and Old. And then uh, later, I think the following week, 
Again, the aforementioned love affair that management has with Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers is Wilbur the only place that big comics go now? No, because I think I, since the Medford Theater, the, Med, the Chevalier Theater in Medford. Excuse me, but the Wilburs where I've seen Jim Gaffigan. I saw um, oh, who's the awful one who I love? Oh, Anthony Jeselnik. Anthony Jeselnik. No, the Wilburs are a fantastic venue for comics, but there's this new theater that's kind of make. I, I forget who bought them. Who runs them? But the Chevalier Theater in Medford had like Pete Davidson recently and a couple of other like known comics. Um, I think Pat Oswald may have played there. I don't know. I forget. And where, and where did we see um, Emo? Emo. <laughs> we saw him at the Regent in Arlington, which is a small little, um, small little theater. But you know, we, we 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 hold our own. And then you know, Somerville Theater has its own comedy venue. Uh, some at times. So, yeah, you want to fight about it? <laughs> now let's move on to some fun stuff. Um, Enough of this comedy talk. Let's move on to fun stuff. No, I'm looking. I mean, I don't. Here's the thing. It, it, is I don't know who's worse, you or I. No, you're worse. I'm, I'm like, worse. I hate leaving the house, but I do come here every week, so you win. So. Yep. And, and when we did go see Emo, is it a quarter mile from here or a half mile from here? I think it's about a quarter mile, no. <laughs> a third. Um so yeah, I hate to leave the house um, for any reason, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, th- these should be fine. Oh yeah, no, I thought oh I thought we were going to move on to another topic. Now we are moving <laughs> on to another topic. You, uh, you know, uh, so you, so you so you know you're a proud father, or a college whoa, student whoa, right whoa, now. Whoa, proud, really? <laughs> you are a proud father of a college student who now I have to call into question how he got into the school. How did he, seriously? How did he get into I that his, online program? I saw his SAT scores. I don't know how he got into DeVry. Fool, he never you, took the SAT. You must have pulled some strings. Um, Is that how they open the door now with strings? <laughs> uh, anyways, I I shouldn't I shouldn't be enjoying this as much as I am because uh, I mean there are some people who really got screwed in, in this situation. Of course, I'm talking about the scandal that's going on with uh, entitled rich white people. Um, Operation, Operation Varsity Blues. Is that is that what the FBI called the sting? Yeah. yeah. So, what was it? It was like forty people were arrested and charged with uh, fraud and possibly, I think, tax evasion, essentially, because they were all part of a, a massive like ring of wealthy patrons to this guy who essentially created a side door to college entry. So you have the front door, which is, you know, you get good grades and you, um, you know, maybe get a scholarship or whatever and you matriculate like a normal person. The back door, shut up, Jacques. (laughs) Hello. The back door would be, you know, your bushes where you, you know, build another building and, you know, call it the bush building. And, oh, by the way, I have a son who's college age and he's in. You know, he's trying not to go to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, you make a wealthy donation or an endowment, and uh, you're you're pretty much your your legacy uh, to a university, and you get in that way. This guy created a side door. Apparently, uh, for years he was um, instrumental in uh, getting these wealthy parents to pay him, you know, various sums of money, depending on, I guess, the severity of the case, or I don't know if there was like a Financial curve involved, 
But, uh, for example, I think we all know. So Lori Loughlin, the actress who played Aunt Becky on Fuller, Full House, now Fuller House, and is also one-third of the movies on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> um, no longer, by the way. Uh, she and her husband, who uh, he was like the, the designer for the Mosimo fashion line from like the 80s and 90s. They, very rich people, well-off people. They have a pair of daughters who were college age. And they paid this guy um, $500,000 for both of them to fake their way into the college of their choice. This USC. This being USC. So I think it got to the point where I'm not sure how it was for, I think, what was it? So Olivia Jade is the daughter who was the Instagram star of Lori Loughlin, who... um, she put out a video as she was going into USC saying, you know, I have this um, career with YouTube and I have these deals. So I have to talk to the dean of USC to see, if, you know, how I can balance school and the school schedule with my work schedule. And as, as you all know, I don't really care about school. I'm really into it for the game days and partying, uh, which, of course, in hindsight now doesn't look very good. And by the way, they've since dropped out of USC. Dropped but, out or thrown out? They, they dropped out. Uh, you can't find me, I quit. Exactly. But um, so the way they got into school apparently was this guy would pay other of you know administrators or officials at USC. College coaches. Yep. And uh, on their entrance exam, like they would say, okay, you're part of the rowing crew. And here's proof. Here's a picture of my daughter who is totally not photoshopped onto a legitimate rower. Um, or somebody playing water polo, or something like that. And um, yeah, the water polo one is great. <laughs> yeah, I heard that the water polo shot the the student that was initially they photoshopped it where the body was like physically too high above the water line, the where it was unrealistic. So they had to refoto like the guy who was like sending it back. It's like this is bullshit. You got to refotoshop it to make it look more realistic. Yeah, and the coach, the coach should ask the guy running this game who asked the parents it's like because the kid played water polo but you know it's like you know i play hockey right (laughs) and i'm not walking on the harvard team anytime soon it's like will he embarrass himself at practice because basically he just has to get through one semester he can fake an injury a couple weeks into it right and and just like literally show up and ride the bike next to the pool for the semester and then quit the team after that and he's in school for the rest of the time yeah and there, there there are stories of like um uh, people who were claiming disabilities, like if, for, for example, like um, if your son, if your son or daughter has like a, what's called an IEP, it's a, it's sort of a protocol for people who are at special needs who have to take, who are allowed to take uh, school tests with extended times and with a tutor and you know a, a specialized proctor and all this shit. So what this person did was exploit that loophole by saying, okay, well. We'll say that your student, ha- your daughter or son has a special need. They have to have um, a special proctor for their SAT scores. Oh, and by the way, the special proctor is on the take, and he'll correct the scores and fix it so that your son or daughter will get, like, you know, 1,400. Um, I, think, I think I heard that Felicity Huffman's child, maybe it was Felicity Huff- Felicity Huffman was obviously the other one of the other big names that were... William H. Macy's William wife. H. Macy's wife, yeah. So Felicity Huffman was arrested, and Lori Loughlin was arrested, 
And I don't think William H. Macy was arrested for some reason. He wasn't, but but I, I heard the quote where he was like, I, I am cooperating with you, ma'am. I am cooperating. That's from Fargo? It is from okay, Fargo. Okay, thank you. I don't know. I, I think it's from Fargo. I, I don't think I've seen the movie. But... Um, but uh, I think it was uh, Felicity Huffman's daughter who like wanted to take the SATs again because the score came back at fourteen hundred. It's like, well, if I did that, you know, I wasn't even trying. Maybe if I could take it again, I can get a higher score. And they're like, no, 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 <laughs> you're good, you're good. Don't fuck this up. So, um, so yeah, it, people are outraged that these types of things are going on. Yeah, we all knew that you know these wealthy families, if they make a donation to the school. By the way, if the school is getting money, I guess that's like one thing. You're making a donation. It's a there was a a legitimate end, you know, the end source to the to the, there was a legitimate recipient of that money that would you could legitimately write tax write off to as a charitable donation. This guy who ran the scheme set up a fake charity called like the Spirit Foundation or something. I forget and. Um, of course, why would I come to a podcast being broadcast to the world prepared? Um, and uh, so he would set up a fake charity, and then you would donate the, as a parent to that charity, and the charity would then cut a check to the administrator as some sort of a thing. You know, it was all shady and backdoor, and apparently the upper-level uh, administrators at the school had no idea. But the registrars, or I guess, were in on the take. College coaches, you know, athletic coaches were on the take. Um, so, yeah, this is this happens. This is a this is a thing. So this is one more thing. And then, of course, you on social media you see the juxtaposition of like, you know, the poor black woman who faked uh, their, her son's college application so that he would appear to be a more exemplary student, so that he could get a better chance at going to. Uh, an okay, not even like, I don't know if it was like even like an Ivy League school. It was just like a regular college. And then she gets thrown in jail for five years. Like, do you think Lori Loughlin's going to be facing hard time? Do you think Felicity Huffman's going to be facing hard time? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, and and, and it is. It just opens another, it it turns out, fun fact, if you're rich, Mm -hmm. if you're white. Yeah, go on. I don't want to jump to conclusions. There might be a different set of rules for you. Might be. But by the way, I think and this has been kind of talked about to death, I'm sure, in the media for the past week. But how stupid must your kid be in order for you to have to pay like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to get into USC? That costs fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, you're, you're paying. I mean, if you got the money, you got the money. But I mean, there was some people who were paying. You know, uh, and, and then I guess it's funny because management was telling me there was an episode of Full House, in which, and bear with me, <laughs> I don't. Did you see this episode? You're talking about Aunt Becky? Aunt Becky and uh, uh, Stamos. John Stamos. They had twins on the show, and they were trying to get them into a prestigious preschool type thing. And and fudged their resume and fudged these, like, that the children were gifted and were, like, you know, ahead of the curve and all this stuff. And then ended up going and um, having to do an interview with the school, and they were exposed for it. Uh, and I guess, I guess, I guess it turned out that the woman from the school didn't get mad at them, but saw them as parents willing to do what it takes to give their child a better life. So I'm going to let the kids in the school anyway, even though they're not 
uh, ready for this kind of, you know, they, they, they don't know their alphabet yet and they're still shitting themselves in the diaper. But, hey, they're shitting themselves at an advanced level. And then they declined going to the school because they thought, oh, well, we're taking a spot away from somebody who deserves to go. And the cost for that school in the episode – and again – I'd have to look this up to verify. It's like fifteen thousand a year, and that's how much they bribed this guy in this case to get them in the USA. It's like, right. you, like, well, I remember Felicity. Yeah, it was Felicity Huffman on Desperate Housewives. Her character had a similar storyline. Um, yeah, it was the same kind of thing. But it's just like, is this life imitating art, or is this like, you know, like? Is this sort of like something that's been going on? And the, and the last thing we should probably say about this is that this is probably the tip of the iceberg. You know, like right. this is going on. And by the way, this was stumbled upon um, kind of accidentally. The FBI wasn't, first of all, well, the FBI is involved because it's tax evasion. I mean, if you're making a, if you're claiming on your taxes, you made a $500,000 charitable donation to a fake charity as a tax write off and you're not paying taxes on that? Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna. The feds are gonna come in, but this is probably the tip of the iceberg. And I think they stumbled upon this because they were investigating like another. Um, well, it, that's how it it often happens with me. Uh, I I barely finished high school. What? I, yeah, I got myself actually put when we moved from Wilmington to Andover. I got myself put in the special education class, and I'm not being a dick or being funny because I was playing hockey four or five days a week. I mean, days a week during leaving school to go play it. Um, my my junior and senior year, I was playing on juniors, and I missed every other Friday. I'm probably my senior and junior year. I probably missed at least if, if close to a quarter of the school, like just missed days, a quarter of the school days, and probably left early another quarter of the school days. Um, and the only reason I went to a community college is the next couple of years. It was one of those things where my mom's like, you either got to get a job or go to school part-time if, you know, you can't just be here and playing hockey. So I went to, I don't want to brag, Northern Essex Community College. Uh, it was so much different than high school, and I liked it because I just took the things I liked. You know, I got into video production. I had an article in a syndicated um, college. It was um, – what do you call it? A community college, like like a zine or something, or no, like, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a newsletter, newspaper. right? A newspaper, but all, for all the community colleges in, in New England, I had a hockey column. It was a lot of fun, and at the same time, you know, I, I mean, I same thing. I only took like two courses a semester, and um, I did okay, you know, uh, but not great. And then there was a couple Div three colleges, and Fitchburg State was one of them, where the coach is like, hey, why don't you come here and play? Never took the SATs, never took any of And they put me into history, because that was the only place that there was an opening with it, you know, and then the next semester, I, I ended up getting into uh, communications and film production. Um, I went to the school. I got to live off campus, and technically... Um, even though it was a transfer, I didn't have enough credits to be, even be a sophomore. So I started as like a second semester freshman and you're supposed to live on campus, but I didn't have to. Um, there was like, you know, six guys who – like a six-bedroom house, you know, with all the hockey players. Yeah. And, I, and I lived there. And um, and that's how I got in, you know. And uh, the probably – it wasn't the first day. I think it was the second or third day of, you know, practices. And it was such a step down <laughs> from from where I had been playing, um, and you couldn't play the same style of hockey I had been playing like the last four years. And so uh, that's when I met Dan. Was drinking a lot. 
I don't think I played hockey for like the next five years, but that's how I got in. Not because my parents were rich, white, and bought a wing or bribed anybody. So, I mean, there are different ways of doing it for dumbasses like me to be able to get in, but uh, it wasn't an exorbitant cost. And I think, I think when I went, it was like 1500 like a year wow. and, and ballooned up to like two grand by the time I got out like four years later. So. <laughs> how times have changed. Well, colleges, I mean, that, oh, don't get me started with how thing. much so, of a scam. But right, right. It, well, when I, so 93, I ended and it's $2,000 a year, you know, um, for college. And that was Fitchburg State College. It's now the university. Of Massachusetts, Fitchburg is that what is it? Is, UMass, all is it UMass Fitchburg? Yeah, it's UMass Fitchburg. Okay. I, or it's it's you know same thing like Bridgewater State. Like all of them have been, all the state colleges have been. Or is it Fitchburg State University? Yeah, I think that's what it's changed to. Mm. And my niece just graduated Bridgewater, which is essentially the same you know thing. And I want to say it's from ninety three to you know she got out two years ago, two thousand seventeen. It's like thirty. Yeah. That's for the same crappy. You know, yeah, I know. It's, it's, oh man. Anyways, more, paying more for less. That's America for you. Next, uh, next, next on the fun thing. Let's see. Uh, yeah, do we even want to talk about the plane crashes? And it's like I. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. <laughs> I, I say no. <laughs> That's awful. But it, yeah, it's. Uh, okay, they did the Egypt. What was it? Egyptian Air crashed, uh, killed. Oh no, no, Ethiopian. And it was the Ethiopian Airlines. And, and people might want to joke and think, oh, you know, what kind of air? It, it, it was one of the higher echelons. It's up there with like your Emirates and Qatar Airways. It was a really great airline. Well, I mean, this it is, is a great airline. This is a new fleet of airplanes: the Boeing seven thirty seven Max eight and Max nine. Or... And it's the second one to crash in what sixty days? Um, probably a little bit, like few several months, but yeah, something second like that. Is... Um, so finally. I was actually like, "Oh, he did a good thing," where the president ordered the F ordered that the FAA ground all these planes, which I don't know if that's a like. Now I'm like wondering, like, yeah, that, that's what they should be doing, but is it what should they be doing? Because well, yes, and talk about leading from behind. You realize the United States was the last country to the do that. Last country, the last two holdouts were Canada and the United States. And the CEO of Boeing happens to be a member at Malargo. Ah, oh. happens to literally have the private cell number of Blotus, and was was directly pleading with him to not ground the aircraft. And mm. that's why it wasn't a full week before they grounded it. But the United States, you know, last one to ground him. So right. Well, okay. You know, I, uh... but, but that's you know. It is what it is. It's awful. Yeah, um, it's, I'm glad we put it on there so that we could make zero comment. <laughs> well, I was going to make more comments because the people from the FAA, these planes were under some kind of scrutiny before the shutdown. Oh. Th there was an investigation into it, and some some um, flight, some FAA watch groups, and some you know different like you know watch groups in the industry have been saying for a while. It's like, hey, you might want to look into these things. These planes are a little different than the other ones, and it was something the FAA was looking into when the shutdown happened for five weeks. So, mm. did that cause it? No, mm. but is it an interesting talking point? Maybe, maybe for somebody who's knowledgeable or witty or you know something like that. Now, Ooh, of which I'm not. More importantly, finally, finally, some 
white men have joined the presidential race for the Democratic Party. Yes, the great white hopes <laughs> of the D. Wait, Joe Biden's officially in? Or is he still not officially in? I haven't heard, no, I haven't heard a, an announcement from Joe Biden. But yet him, I think the rest of the the rest of the bros are saying, yeah, Joe Biden, he's running. Him and him and Bernie are the only two so far with with uh, a polling rating in double digits, like as as perspective. Because I mean, there's just so many people. The vote is so splintered and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the 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 leaders in the clubhouse as of right now are are Bernie and uh, Joe Biden. So it's a good thing we got you know two old white guys pushing Haiti leading the party. I thought you were going to bring up that Beto O'Rourke made his presidency. What that crazy guy with all the hand gestures? Yes. That crazy guy, but there's some backlash with Beto now because it's like, I think this because he's running and there's always going to be backlash. Yeah, well, that is like I don't know. What's the backlash? The backlash is that um, he lost to fucking Ted Cruz. Um, but, but, but at as his poll numbers were going up, I was talking to our friend, friend of the podcast, John Hunt, um, lead singer of Five Head, who's lived in Texas for like 25, 30 years. And he flat out said he cannot win. Like Ted Cruz, no matter what you see, Ted Cruz is going to win this. He thing. could have let ten babies on fire and still won. I mean, Ted Cruz, and I think he only lit two. Ted Cruz is the most hated man in the Republican parks. Like the Republicans hate him. Yep, but it's still Texas. But it if slowly, they hate him, why do they vote for him? It is slowly changing. But yes, he, he there was you know, but the, it, it's the same thing. It's like you know, it's, and I think I, there might be some resentment with like Beto trying to steal thunder from other candidates who may be trying to pick up steam. I don't know. It's just sort of like, are, isn't this all a free for all? Like you know, one when Kamala Harris comes out, it's like, oh, okay, great. The uh, you know, woman of color who's you know not seventy five years old is running. Is Cory Booker going to steal away the black vote from her? Yeah, right. And or it's just like, um, oh, well, you know, Hillary just won't go away. Okay, um, you know, there's Elizabeth Warren who's a, a great leader, but it's just like, um, you know, is she too old? Is she too polarizing? Is she too you know? The, uh, and, and but the, the too polarizing thing. And here's what people have to have to remember: a lot of the stuff about the the negative things about these people, it's coming from the left. You know what I mean? Or you know, well, or actually, coming, or you know, that. coming from the right rather. Right, right, and, right. And it's like they put that stuff out there. There's so many. I mean, I remember it's like there was a big spokesperson like recently saying, "Well, if the Democrats want to, you know, they're leaning too far left, and they should really have a centrist person." It's like, why would you take? Talking points from a GOP like strategist. It's like no, but a lot they've of they've been winning. That's why. But you know, no, they've uh-huh. been cheating their way. Like honestly, we're not, we've litigated that enough. Uh, but yeah, a lot of these things have cheated their way to to the top. You know, like getting to USC if you're. <laughs> but but seriously, um, you know, the bottom line is, you know, uh, all these people are great. You know, I mean, yes, all of them are going to have baggage because everybody has baggage. And the closer, the more people that drop out, the closer you get to the top. You know, the front runners are the ones that people are going to focus on the negativity. The biggest thing is that the Democrats cannot give fuel to whoever runs against them. Like you don't don't do the Republicans work for them by saying, you know, like Harris, for instance, uh, she was a prosecutor in San Francisco for years, and she has 
not not the best record. Not the best record with certain certain kinds of crime and 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 and, and right. You know, Pobody's nerfed. I love you. And because for a second, I'm like, wait, that's you know. Anyways, but that's the whole thing. But you you don't want Beta O'Rourke on stage. Better, bl- better. Sorry, y- you know, Parquet. saying you can't vote for her because of her voting record as a DA in San Diego. This is how an awful person she was. Right. Because you don't want to demonize a peer when when when. Beto is out of the race and she's still in it. Now you've just given all the talking points to right. Here's all the ammunition for the Republican for Trump, essentially for Trump. Right. right. Let, let them do their own, you know, mudslinging. Right. Yeah. So don't don't do it internally. You know, you can say, "Hey, I think Cory Booker's great. I think he would be great president." But this is why I think my ideas are are better. Or we all agree and- that there should be Medicare for all. This is where I would come up with the money. Right. It's funny how we all just sort of succumb to the same patterns over and over again because of fear. Like, just fear drives us. Like, well, you know, Beto got popular because of one idea. And then now that he's running for president, he's going to kind of abandon what got him popular in the first place and just sort of follow, uh, you know, sort of like the, the, the cookie cutter mold of how a candidate should run. And I don't know. It's a... The, you know, throw out the hyperbolic statements of like we need to be better, and you know, nothing, nothing clear cut. It's all, you know, uh, it's Bra- all bra- uh, broad brushes with yeah, the stroke. Yeah, exactly. But the big thing is seriously, and and the, and the people are still mad that Bernie didn't wholeheartedly support Hillary earlier, and that he didn't campaign hard enough to make the Bernie Bros, you know, go their way. Like that, that's that stuff. I mean, there has to be. You know, an agreement, whether in public or private, it's like, hey, we 1000% get behind because the, and it's true, the worst person that has, you know, thrown their name in the hat for the Democratic, you know, nomination is a thousand times better. And I think, you know, I, I do. I, I think if, you know, they're asking all the people like, like Bernie and Betta. Uh, the males, it's like, if you are the nominee, will you have a woman running mate? And I, I, I think you kind of have to. Yeah. I, I, well, you don't have to. Why wouldn't you? I mean. Right. I mean, it's all there. I mean, they, we, they elect, the Democrats elected 100 women to Congress in the last midterm. And Hillary had 3 million more votes. Yeah. I mean, so. And there are women who vote on the Democratic what? Uh, ticket. Yeah. So, no. So, just don't. Just don't eat the young, you know. Don't turn on each other. Let there will be enough time for them to do that. Don't don't help them with that. Uh, on a happy note, we'll just touch on this. Yeah, we really kind of blaze through this. We're, we're just blaze through first this. half of the uh, podcast. My, my 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 favorite part of the news today was that the prime minister of Ireland had breakfast at Mike Pence's house. You see this? You hear about this? No, you don't know anything about him. Prime minister of Ireland. At breakfast at Mike Pence's house and brought his boyfriend. He is openly gay. Oh. <laughs> you know, had a, that's why on the rundown, what does it say? Um, there's a sale at Penny's. <laughs> what do you make out of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can make a hat. I can make a pterodactyl. Irish PM brings boyfriend to Mike Pence's house. But, but, oh, but, oh, have a gay old time. <laughs> see, see what I did there? No. I took the Flintstone thing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And because... Even the first different... season of the Flintstones, right? Didn't they change it to great old time? No, no. That wasn't until years later. Oh, in syndication. In, in, in syndication, you know. Oh, okay. You know, uh, anyways, I just thought that that was, you know, a bit hysterical that, you know, here's Mike Pence having to take all these pictures with nah. people that he, you know... Right. I, now, maybe he offered, hey... 
you know, I don't know if you have socialized medicine over there and conversion therapy, but if you go to the state of Indiana where I was governor, there's money in the budget for that. Uh-huh. So uh, so we'll blow through this really quick. Manafort got sentenced in his second hearing, got another like three and a half years tacked on. Oh. So now he's up to seven and a half years. It was a possible 30 years, so he's still less than a quarter. But the happy news is truly um, the judge in the judge in the second hearing from the bench said this case has nothing to do with collusion with Russia. Russia has nothing to do with this case. These are financial crimes because right after his sentence hearing the week before in Virginia, the uh, the, the lawyers for Manafort ran out to the podium and ran out to the press corps and said – we're glad he didn't get a big sentence. We wish he didn't get any sentence at all. We think this is a miscarriage. But the most important thing is the judge said there was no collusion with Russia. That was never brought up in that case. The judge never said anything about that. So here is this, the judge in New York, Squashing. well aware of it, going well out of her way to clearly uh, several times say this has nothing to do with Russia, the Russian investigation. These are financial crimes. This is all it is. The sentences is based on this guideline. See, she said it. Only. There's nothing to do with Russia. <laughs> right. This has ex- nothing to do with Russia. And, and, and that's them. That's them again playing to an audience of one. They want Blotus to know that their boy didn't roll over on them. And we're putting that word out there. Audience of two. Audience of two. You know who do we who is second. <laughs> so here is the here is the best part of that. We I wish he got sentenced. For more, she could have thrown the book at her, but at the same time, she also said she can't make up for that guy's miscarriage of justice by tacking on, you know, the maximum here Uh because he didn't get it. But 28 minutes, 28 minutes after that hearing was read, his extra three and a half years. The state of New York filed charges. Mm. Uh, they got the unsealed, the sealed grand jury findings, and now Manafort is going on trial in the state of New York for all these federal crimes that cannot be pardoned. So even if Blotus decides I'm going to pardon him from these seven and a half years that he has on these federal, you know, but things, the, can the governor pardon him? No. Oh, no, well, no. Why, I, would, why would they? Why, well, they, well they, they can't pardon him before the trial. Yeah, right. And I think no, he I would know. have to stay in jail for the trial anyways because he's a has phenomenal wealth and resources and flight you risk. know flight risk and stuff like that. But I believe the governor of New York you know, is it, not going to— He's not a fan of the person living in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Exactly. So, I mean, it's one of those things. So it's like, go ahead. He keeps doing that. So and yeah. it's Manafort. That's what I said. Did I say Manafort? I think you say Manafort. Like, like, like with the. With it sounds a, like a shoe, like Manafort. With a like D a, instead of a T. Yeah, like I just shopped. I, I just bought it at Manafort. Like I'm stupid. I'm going to Manafort. So, uh, and and on the same kind of thing, and I make it really quick. No, you. Um, you know, uh, Gates and Flynn, who were both supposed to be sentenced this week as well. Uh, Gates was Manor. Manafort. Forts. Like I'm uh, building a Manafort, uh, which is like maybe the Irish PM would like to. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there? Uh, or that would be a fort of men. <laughs> so, uh, way to and, and, drive home the punchline there. <laughs> go ahead. Hey, wait, is that horse dead? Give me a stick. I'm going to go over there and whack Make it sure a few more times. Dead. Go on. Uh, but both both uh, Mike Flynn, I almost said Ray Flynn, both Mike Flynn and Gates, Gates. Yeah. have... 
<laughs> have uh, have had their hearings uh, or their sentencing hearings postponed because they're still working with the uh, oh the Mueller investigation with the, Mueller, with the witch hunt. So they're still. And the funny thing is, when Flynn was going to be sentenced, it took six. I can't remember if it was six or seven times. The judge kept saying to Flynn and his lawyers, "I'm looking at all these charges." I don't think you're getting, you know, enough sentencing time. I'm going to give you the maximum I could unless you think there's more help that you could be given to them. It's like and then finally they're like, "Are you sure you want me to sentence you today or do you think there's more cooperation that you can be doing with this investigation?" I would gladly sentence you Tuesday for some <laughs> and information. And finally it was today. like the sixth or seventh time the judge said that in a half hour hearing that they're like, "Oh, uh, Right. Okay, we'll go back and work because the judge was the judge was really off putting. He he didn't say he was a traitor in the Flynn hearing, but asked the prosecutors, "Do you think some of these charges would rise to the level of treason?" And the prosecutors were kind of wishy-washy on it. And the judge's like, okay, I just wanted to clarify some <laughs> things before I sentence him because I don't think you're asking for enough jail time for him. And so anyway, so Flynn had gone back. It was like 90 days ago. They were both in court, you know, separate cases this week, but both Rick Gates, you know, Manafort's. Uh, Manafort's uh, just think of the Manafort. Know, oh, that's what I did. <laughs> you got Wait, hold on. Yeah, see it on grinder. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or blinder. <laughs> and I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, you can't see it on blinder. <laughs> oh boy. And so we uh so it's interesting that yeah, I mean, you keep hearing that the investigation's about wrapping up, but at the same time you have two huge figures at the middle of it, two of the first people indicted still working with them. So, mm. you know, mm. anyways, mm. so that, that's mm. enough of the happy news. Mm. We can now move on to the defunct sponsor of the friggin' week. Tuesday, it's comedy in the fast lane when Jesse applies the twins to an upscale preschool. He embellished on our application. Not too many two-year-olds are proficient on the bassoon. An all-new full house. Then Mark and the girls plan to hit the slopes. Better watch out for the street. Hang in with Mr. Cooper. Tuesday after full house. Okay, on to sport. A couple quick things. There was an incident in Utah... Uh, at a Utah Jazz game because... Was somebody singing? When you think jazz, you think... Utah. Utah. <laughs> you know? And uh, Westbrook, probably one of the top, if not top 10 basketball players in the league, top 20, it went viral. You couldn't really see... The, the clip that I saw, you couldn't really see who he was yelling at, but he was screaming and threatening a fan, saying that he was basically going to fuck him up, fuck up whoever's with him, and he doesn't care if he has to go through his wife to go fuck him up. Something along those lines. Post-game interview, he was saying, yeah, the guy's saying racist shit, and it's not the first time, you know, because season ticket holder, you know, I'm always getting the shit. The league instantly find him for us. Even if you're wrong, you can't act like that, you know, sort of speak. Um... But credit to the Utah Jazz, and especially credit to the Utah Jazz owner, I think it's Gail Miller, um, mid-70s. Within 24 hours, the Utah Jazz did a full investigation, pulled footage, interviewed people, banned that guy and, you the know, heckler. and the heckler and the heckler's buddy for life. 
Uh, they also post it like you know their findings, like this guy's social media stuff. They where dox the guy. It's all what is it? Doxing. It's when you publicly. Uh, it's 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 short for like documenting somebody. It's you find the docs on this person. So you know it, it was who was once anonymous is now public. Like here's his history. Here's where he lives. Like here's this and that. And you know he had posted things like you know go back where you came from. Like hashtag make America great again. Mega. Uh, guys are car salesmen, all fine and good. Hopefully his car salesman sales go down because of this. Worse, he used to be a uh, Utah State you know, patrolman, highway patrolman. And I'm mm. just guessing how many people who aren't as lily white as me might have not had pleasant run-ins with you know, somebody as openly racist as him. But not only did they throw those guys out for life before the next home game, uh, here's the owner, takes a mic, center court, and says – Fuck this. If if this is how you are, if this is how you treat like people in here, you're not welcome to the stadium. You're not welcome to be a fan of the Utah Jazz. We don't want it. We won't tolerate it. Zero policy. Done. And good for her. Yeah. You know, you gave me an idea for a show. The Utah Highway Patrol. Oops. This week on Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Just, in. Sorry. <laughs> right. That person's dancing. <laughs> that person only has one wife. Right. How dark is that guy? <laughs> see. You know, no, I, I see. They're racially profiling. They really are. Um, I mean, they're fine people in Utah. On many sides. On many sides. On both sides. On right. many sides. Hey, you know what? Ken Jennings is from Utah. Nice guy. <laughs> you know, there's all, uh, he's the good one. The good one, right. So it's Mitt Romney. All right. Now, moving on. Moving on. Oops. Uh, And speaking of oops. Exactly. Anyway. Uh, So let's see. The bees have come down to earth. I'm not going to do a lot of Patriot talk, but I am going to say free agency has happened. Uh, A lot of people here in the greater New England area and fans of the Patriots are doing their annual absolute freak out because instead of signing a bunch of big free agents, they have lost a bunch of big free agents. Um while this is going down, uh, Bill Belichick is in Turks and Caicos. Who are you talking about again? What are you talking about? I'm again? talking about the greatest team in the history of. Football. But why would you be talking about them? It's but, still March, isn't they, it? No, but I'm past the month. Oh, there's a month. Oh. I, I said a month. Oh, I said a month. I don't listen to what you're talking. Nobody about. blames you, and Biff will give me a hard time about this. But I'm just saying. Uh, this is when the absolute freak. You got the month window of basking in the glow of the Super Bowl, and then we don't sign a couple free agents. Uh, a couple free agents who talked about coming here go elsewhere. A bunch of our free agents flee to make literally 10 times the money that the Patriots had offered them. And we all free. I'm not doing that this year. I'm done. I, I, I honestly, I, I now firmly believe if you and I got called up, Patriots are still going to go eh, 10 and 6, 11, <laughs> 11 and 1. Um, but I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not, not going to talk about who they signed, who they didn't sign. Just a bunch of people have left. A bunch of people didn't come here while all this is going down, like shirtless pictures of Belichick with his trophy wife and the beach at Turks and Caicos going on. And it's like, if he can be this relaxed, I think I can. I like how it took you ever 17, was it 18 years to finally trust that Bill Belichick kind of knows what he's doing to stop second guessing. I, I was today coach. years old. Yeah. <laughs> I was today year old when I realized they might know more than me. Right. 
Now these doctors, they are a bunch of <laughs> wing nuts, like in the pocket of big cancer. And <laughs> I was going to say lab coats. But you, made it, you know, you made it really. There, there you go. Yeah. So, so that's all I got as, as sports uh, into the video game yeah. world. Uh, what are you playing this week? Um, not much, not a whole lot. What's being played in the house? Any new games? Nothing big, you know. Just uh, a lot of watching TV, you know. Not not a lot of not a lot of video game. I played you know a little Tetris ninety nine. I I think I've I'm I've gotten first loser a couple of times in that competition, but uh, I think I I think I've I think I've hit it. I think I've hit a, a, hit the wall on that game. It's just uh it's unfair at this point. I've leveled up to the point. I've just good and I'm good enough. To get to a high level, I'm bad enough to not be able to compete at the high level. Um, so I'm kind of just stuck, you know? It's kind of like my job, you know? I'm <laughs> just like, I got to a point where I can't uh, I can't quit, but, you know, I'm not good at it, so, eh, whatever. It is what it is. You just got to keep the ruse going another 20 years. Yes, I do. Got to keep uh, keep my nose to the, to the whatever. 20 years. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. Oh, what is that doing here? I don't know. Um, no, for me, still playing Resident Evil Two. Mm. Um, so there, there is it's the mode called Hardcore, where it's just awful. Like you, like you get if if somebody in the game within like twelve rooms of you sneezes, you die instantly. <laughs> it's one of those things where okay, turn on the game. Press start and have to reset because I died. Right. And um, you have to like like does it like cut power to your house? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> like, it's just like the, the, the PS4 just like just, you know. Just, nope. Yeah. Like I put the game in, press start, hardcore mode, and instantly, instantly the PS4 did. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna do the explosion one on there. No, I wish because then it could take it with me instead of just mocking me. And. I've had your your voice in my head recently Ew. when when I've been doing this. Um, it's one of those things where, on the standard mode, if you do it in under two and a half hours, you can unlock these unlimited ammo things, and you get these special weapons to use your next run through. Um, if you use those weapons the next run through, you can't get an S plus, you know, type thing. Um, and on the hardcore mode, you can only save through like all the other modes. There's an auto save, so you get past this boss fight, it automatically saves. So if you die, the next thing, you restart from your last checkpoint. Mm-hmm. This doesn't do it. This, oh, this doesn't yeah. do it. There's no auto save. You can only save the game three different times. So there's maybe seven major boss fights, and you have to decide when what three times you want to save through. At the same time, you can't use any unlockables to get the S+. If you do this, and I know I'm boring All-Star Tommy, but you unlock the unlimited rocket launcher. So then you can play the game through again and be more relaxed and literally just shoot everything. And it's, it, it sounds stupid if you're not a gamer, but you no, know I how much it. fun that is. Yes. It's um, a god mode. Right. It is. It's completely god mode. I would love to go through the game playing that. Uh, it's not like I I didn't know I got through hardcore mode a, about a week ago with a mere fourteen saves <laughs> and under two and a half hours and I'm like awesome like I'm waiting for the letter grade to come up and it's like an ass it's like wait a minute I, h- how did this happen I did it under the time limit and I didn't die well technically I didn't die because you restart from the you know yep. from the save points and then that's when 
I find out, no, you can only save three times. Um, so now this is where I think of you. It's like I, this past week, have been playing on the easy, the easy mode, the assist mode, or the normal mode using the infinity machine gun and the infinity knife, really taking my time and enjoying, like, exploring the whole world, the whole police department, and, like, just obliterating everything uh, and only getting an S grade at the end. And you're the only one who cares. Like, like nobody gives a fuck. There's, like, no governing body that's coming to your house with the clearance house check saying... You did it. <laughs> you, you know an elf in the movie Elf when he first gets to New York and he sees World's Greatest Coffee and he runs in? Congratulations, everybody. You did it. You got to be so proud. Wow, that's great. Good for you. Doesn't happen. No. So, yeah, nobody cares except you. Right. And then at the end, guess what? You won't care eventually. I, I, right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, stop chasing that whale, man. The little guy has gone back and played likes really likes a character from this Resident Evil Two remake, uh, from Resident Evil Six, and he was in Resident Evil Four. And I, I, he went back and he was playing Six the other day, and I have no interest. And it's like, oh my god, I gave that game Resident Evil Six a full year of my life, maybe mm-hmm. fourteen months of my life. Resident Evil Four was reissued a couple years ago, but it's it's not full on tank. Control, but mm. it's more tank control than the fluid thing now. Yeah. And the other night, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to throw this in. No, I'm not. <laughs> like, like, I literally played for like five minutes. And I'm like, I'm not relearning this whole thing again. So, yeah. So, I'm going to probably give Resident Evil another week or two of just literally on assist mode or on the, like, I, I just for shits and giggles the other night, played it through standard mode, didn't use any of the cheats. Did under two and a half hours, got the S plus. Oh, that was good. Next time I play it, I'm gonna just not be stressed about anything, and just and I feel bad because sometimes my mom in law, who's just sitting there, you know, with the dementia, just kind of sitting on the couch, and it's like I'm playing this game. It's like what is going through her mind as here's a zombie on the ground, and I'm taking the time to shoot off its legs. And shoot off its arms because, and and you get thirty six clips before you have to, you know, reload because it can get back up again. <laughs> well, like like I'm that serious. How many? I mean, in this game, you shoot it in the head twenty times. You go to the next room. You go to the next room. Twenty minutes later, you have to run past this area, and all of a sudden, this one leg, one arm thing can push itself for you and literally... It's doing the worm toward you. I was going to say, do the... Oh, it's funny when they actually do that. But it's like, what is this poor woman thinking as I'm literally putting 300 rounds in in this corpse? Uh, I almost said, you know, lunge at you and bite your ankles. This is not my, my, um, my Netflix pick of the week. But about 15, maybe 20 years ago... A buddy of mine at work told me about this vampire movie. I can't remember if it's a zombie or a vampire movie, and I'm dead serious when I tell you this. Uh, about called ankle biters, little people vampires. Oh my! I am dead serious now. I'm gonna have to look that up. I mean, it was uh, um, as as my podcasting partner has copyrighted the phrase. Awful stuff. It is awful. <laughs> so okay, enough about that. Whoa. Let's go to the video game review of the week. Why? Why, why not? Jack's gonna go over. Get uh, it. Actually, hey, get up. Go get a game off the shelf. Oh, look at that. 
Uh, he's sending his little one to grab a game off the shelf. And then he's going to... Um, that's okay. I'm not looking. He grabbed a game. I think it's a PS3 game. And I'm going to have to guess which one he pulled off the shelf. I'm going to say Metal Gear Solid 4. Is it? No. You're in the letter. I don't know. I give up. A life? Yes. Oh, Medal of Honor. Yeah. Yeah, this is the remake. Of uh, Medal of the Medal of Honor series that was started on the PlayStation and PC back in the late '90s. I think Steven Spielberg was involved in the original um, production of the Medal of Honor series. It took place during World War II. This is back when, like, Saving Private Ryan was, uh, you know, when he, when he, after he directed Saving Private Ryan, um, and World War II video games were becoming. The, the the sort of the thing. This is a retake on that, but it's not World War II. It's based, I think, in uh, modern warfare. Uh, oh, then modern warfare. But this is back in 2010. You know, so this is like a, you know current Iraq war. I played a, a bit of this. It's fun. Uh, this is the greatest hits edition, so obviously it sold well. And so yeah, it's a, a first person shooter. But um, it didn't. I don't know if it spawned any sequels. I never really kept up with the Medal of Honor. I mean, Call of Duty. You know, they they are king of the crop, like they're a cream of the crop. They were the um, the granddaddy of the uh, warfare games because of their online uh, interactivity, because of the, you know the campaigns, the stories, um, just the, the the venues, the way they kind of reinvented um, those types of games. I never really got into them. Uh, I do like see that's the thing is I don't like playing a lot of online co-op games i like playing the story mode one player no friends no life that's that's for me no see i did i i liked the when it was when i started playing games and it was a batman game i liked that mostly because you're batman but then when i did resident evil 5 i did like that you could do that resident evil 5 and 6 but 7 you couldn't and it was one player only but and and same thing with 4 yeah i just like it's you're right there's um there's just there's there are games that where multiplayer is awesome, you know, like these battle royale games are fun, and these multiplayer campaign, uh, you know, warfare games like Call of Duty and stuff are, are great. It's just not my bag, baby. Uh, but I, I just yeah, I like I like the the single player mode. And this has a good story. I just never finished it. I don't know. I I, I do I did I actually did finish the original Medal of Honor. Wasn't am I thinking? Yeah, no, yeah, that was Medal of Honor. Um, but this is way back. Uh, when it came out, I finished it, you know, two years ago because I'm me. Um, but I, you know, you'll be proud of me. I played the original Medal of Honor before I played the remake. Whoa! Yes, that's not like you. No, it is not. So that's it. Medal of Honor for the PlayStation Three and other multi. I'm sure it's for other. And uh, if you didn't already own, oh, no, this puppy. only it's only on PlayStation. What am I talking about? Yes, PlayStation. If it wasn't on your shelf or no on the table, hmm. and you really want it, what, what do you think you'd be shelling out for it on the interwebs? Um, I'm gonna say seven bucks. Well, yeah, right. Four bucks. All right. But I'll, I'll, so that's, that's, a that's a different game. That's Medal of Honor Warfighter. I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, okay. maybe. So that's a sequel, I guess. I guess it did spawn sequels. This is the original Medal Medal of Honor um, for the PS3. Who knows? Uh, oh, and, oh, and incl- Warfighter. This is just Medal of Honor, but uh, this one actually includes the original Medal of Honor front. This uh, Medal of Honor Frontline, which was the sequel, I think, to the original Medal of Honor. Um, 
on the original PlayStation. So it's fun. They have like they had. I have different Medal of Honors from um, previous iterations, and they're fun little games. I don't know. Uh, I'm a weirdo. Anyways, next. Uh, what are you watching? I'm, uh, you know, trying to catch up on Cheers. I'm up through. I'm up to season four now. How I, many seasons were there? There are eleven seasons, but only nine are on Prime. So the last two seasons, I don't know how it's going to turn out because I'm not going to be able to watch them if I don't. Uh, Is Diane still in the picture? Yeah. So we're at season four. So uh, we lost at the end, towards the end of season three. We lost Coach. Uh, he was he died, I think. With like five, I think there were like four episodes left to record uh, to tape, and then they uh, they rewrote some stuff after he took a heart attack, and they 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 plunked like they they moved they moved him around, you know. They, there were a couple of episodes where he was visiting his um, his niece or something in Vermont, and uh, they 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 wrote they wrote several excuses as to why he wasn't there. Then he would he did pop up in the last episode of season. Four, uh, in the last episode of season three, at the beginning, um, you know, right before the credit, you know, in the in the cold open. Um, anyways, so we lost him, but uh, Diane was going to uh, Italy or to Europe with uh, Fraser Crane to um, you know leave Boston forever, and and she, he was going to propose to Diane in Italy, and Sam at the last minute, the eleventh hour, decides to. He it's funny. He asks Cliff to call her tra- to call his travel agent. And he just plunks down his phone and without any sort of reference material, Cliff Clavin dials his travel agent. Like he just knows the number. And I'm thinking nobody knows the phone number nowadays. Like that's not even fe- that Cliff was hard. Cla- Cliff Clavin would. That was yeah. That was hard to do in 84 <laughs> or in 85. That's impossible to do now. But he calls the tra- his travel agent to get Sam on a flight to Italy to stop the wedding. And then uh, at the beginning of season four, uh, we meet Woody. Oh. Yep. And Woody comes in uh, from uh, from Indiana. Woody uh, of Wee Boyd, not Woody Harrelson, because that would be that would be stupid. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but it, it's just it's amazing, like how I've. I've seen episodes of of Cheers when they were live, but I didn't watch them, you know, uh, through, straight through. And it's funny, like how, you know, I yeah, I missed Coach, but Woody was like not like a cheap. It didn't feel like a cheap replacement to me. And I don't know if that's just the passage of time and like looking back on it. I don't know how when you watched Cheers and did you you were there when yeah, it was soul crushing. It was soul crushing when when he died and and but Woody came on. Did he feel like a cheap? Knock off, like oh, they got another dumb guy to, or did it feel like a little like a shot in the arm? Like okay, it was new, you know, new blood. Yeah, it was, it, it felt it felt great. It actually, I mean, you you had enough of the same characters, but so it was, you know, kind of it was like reinventing the show without like you know bringing uh, the kid. cousin Oliver. Yeah, right. <laughs> they weren't adding a kid. They would be basically like he was a friend. He was there to actually see Coach because he was pen pals with Coach, and it's like oh, you exchange letters? No, we exchange pens. Well, it was Coach's idea, <laughs> and I and I heard that line, and I'm like, okay, all right, I can see how they sold it on. on, on uh, and, and he's given us our favorite, one of our favorite lines of all time, the far side. I don't get the far side. Well, you know, it's a kind of a cerebral kind of. Uh, um, it's not like your typical uh, comic strip. It's a little bit more highbrow. Uh, no, no, it's not like I just. Uh, well, see, I, in this panel, right? The cows 
are just sitting around being cows. But then when the car goes by, they're talking to each other because they're really evolved and they can talk and they're more cerebral than we think. And then when another car comes by, they just pretend to not be able to talk. So it's a just position on the cars, on the cows, intellectual. Yeah, no, uh, I just, I get the Herald. And so um, I literally don't get the far side. I'm not so much of a rube that I don't understand the, the subtleties. The word rube is not used as much as it should be. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, there's just so much, uh, yeah, there's so much language in that show that's uh, that's not found in television today. But you said it's not dated. Like, the jokes actually stand up. They're funny. Yeah, they're, they're, there's like, you know, there's adult humor. There's uh, wordplay. There's, uh, you know, just like, yeah, there's like, just st- stuff that hits you out of left field. Uh, Norm's character is like the, you know, his, his sardonic kind of witty, you know, um, repartee, it, it, and, and his pathetic, just the, the pathetic, the his being a pathetic character, and and him c- comparing him with Cliff, and who's more pathetic than who, and I also like the way they handled the previously on Cheers whenever they did a two-parter. They wouldn't just do previously on Cheers, and they would show like a montage of whatever happened last week. They would like one episode. They showed exteriors of their houses, and the characters would be like, you know, Cliff would be explaining what happened at the bar to his mother, and uh, you, you wouldn't actually see anything. You would just hear him explaining it, and then it would just like cut to hysterical. Yeah, it would just cut to Carla's house and her yelling at the kids, and then it would cut to Sam's exterior, and it's like. Him watching the game. Like, he doesn't even pay... Like, he's not there to recap anything. He's just there to watch TV. I don't know. It's funny. Oh. Anyways, the Cheers is a good show, and you should watch it uh, if you live in 1985. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a little pathetic. I'm not going to 1995, Joe. 85. Uh, 85. Yes. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to 1974. All right. <laughs> I've been watching the uh, Saturday morning Shazam. TV episode. Wow, dude, it is, it is. What 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 word would you use to describe it? Awfulsome. There's no there's no other word. It is uh, it is awesome and awful. I'm just trying. Right. You can, you just can't get around the awfulsome. Like like the what pro- is Shazam? The production values because there's a movie coming out about Shazam. There is, and I'll give the quick backstory. We talked about this a little bit. There was a comic years ago. Um, called Captain Marvel. This is before Marvel Comics became Marvel Comics, or because, and it was a property that DC bought. Um, the superhero very much like Superman. The biggest difference is magic hurts Superman, and Shazam or Captain Marvel gets his superpowers uh, by saying the magical word Shazam that comes from like you know the um, yeah whatever exactly. And so he's a. You know, he's like a 10, depending on what version, he's a 10-year-old, he's a 12-year-old boy, says Shazam, and becomes this man. Um, in this version, it's a mid-teens, like a 15, 16-year-old guy. And In the modern version? And, no. Or in, in the 70s in, in version? In the 70s version. And it's a live action. Great. A, a half-hour show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mixed with some animation. So there's these elders, these the three wise people who make up the... Uh, triumphant that gives Billy Batson his powers by saying Shazam. One of them is is by Filmation Studios. Um, Two of the voices are by the creators of Filmation. Right, it was like Lou Scheider and Norm something or other, yeah. And the third voice is done by the great Adam West. (laughs) I Google, I Wikipedia'd when you sent me the clip of you watching Shazam. And it's like, 
oh, so the the kid, so they're, the whole premise is they're driving around. He has Billy Batson as a teenager. He can't drive yet. He has a mentor figure, an older guy who's driving him around. So this old guy driving around in a beat up Winnebago with a young, you know, buffy little <laughs> 16 year old in the early 70s looking, looking for. People in trouble to help out and to superhero it up a little bit. So they were like Highway to Heaven. Where they come up with the gas money, I don't know. Uh, but the production values. Uh, so it's so it's live action with a little animation. So when he has to talk to the elders, it's animated. All right. So it's filmed and with some animation. Right. So it's filmation. Film. That'd be a great name for a company. And so the production values are low. Uh, the writing is. The entertainment value is high. The writing is not um, not superb, but at least the acting is bad. Nobody from this show went on to bigger and better things. Um, not even Adam West. Not even at that point. No, it was years. That that was in uh, the Adam West phase uh, while he was taking times out from doing car shows for like <laughs> five hundred bucks. And um, anyways, so. The, one of the fun facts is it lasted three seasons, but only 28 episodes. Uh, halfway through the series, they changed Shazam. They changed the Captain Marvel guy mm. who who was a stunt guy who did his own stunts, got hurt, went to the doctor, couldn't come to filming the next day, and they fired him thinking he was holding out for more money. And he was literally at the doctor's office being sewn back up together. Um, guy ends up suing the show. Gets his full contract honored and gets residuals for all the episodes of the series, even the ones that he wasn't in. So that that money must be rolling in. It actually was because it went into syndication hmm. two more times. Like it, there was there was two times in which like it went into syndication over like the next twenty years. Oh yeah, I forgot there was no internet for another twenty years. Right, and even now, how did I find this? I I, I wasn't like you know what. Uh, the Shazam movie is coming out w- w- with uh, Zachary Levi, who uh, management and I decided might be our favorite actor collectively. Oh. We loved, loved. Fuck you, Ryan Reynolds. Loved, loved, loved the show Chuck. Loved the show Chuck. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite movies, and I'm not kidding when I say this, Tangled. And did you see Tangled? Yeah. If we and we talked about it when when there was a third when there was a chance of there being a third like dream squasher in our in our world, had we had a third son, would have been named Flynn Rider. Uh-huh. De- dead serious, like the character from that. Uh, he also, you know, uh, was one of the you know the band of three Thor sidekick, the 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 D'Artagnan looking guy with the sword. Oh, that that's that's him as well. Wow. Now he's doing you know Shazam, which. I love. Haven't seen it. Steezy movie. I'm safely going to say that I'm going to love it. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know how many different vehicles that, like, you know, he's done that we've, you know, different. Ended. Anyways, uh-huh. so I found Shazam because it's on that DCU um, oh, streaming app. service yeah. that I have. Like, By the way, speaking of the DCCU, I guess, no, maybe, maybe we weren't speaking of it, but I will. Um, they're doing away with it. They're kind of abandoning it, right? The, they're they're saying uh, we're not going to do the universe anymore. Sorry, we we gave it a shot. Eh. Yeah, the, you know there, there's conflicting things because again, it's it's one of those things where a couple of their like Suicide Squad made close to a billion dollars in the box office. Yeah, but it didn't 
make a billion and a half. And so we're going to scrap it, redo the whole thing. And then because of uh, because of the outcry, I guess they're bringing back w- w- Robbie. What's the girl who played Harley? Oh, Margot Green? Robbie. Margot Robbie. But it's like, it was great. Like, I liked Suicide Squad. I really liked, you know, like the cast and stuff like that. They're making another Suicide Squad and they're making what, like a, right? It isn't. Um... But right, but they're doing away with everybody but her. Oh. You know, there's going to be a new band of like right. villains. There's a, and gonna... there's a new Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie that has nothing to do. See, that's the thing is that they were so frightening. Like, they're just so quick to make a movie about any character as fast as possible. It doesn't matter if there's any cohesion, there's no order, it's chaos. It some is. people, some movie theater, I mean, some movie studios just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> and again, what Marvel has done is just so it's it's never happened. It's never happened, and it won't happen again. The absolute methodical rollout, the ten year rollout to get to you know Infinity War, slowly introducing the characters, and even if the character didn't do great, they didn't completely abandoned it and um even if captain america did x and thor did y and then the next thor didn't do as good as the next right thor 2 is probably one of the worst movie one of the worst of those movies like i'm gonna i'm I'm, i can see the level of blood rising in your whenever i say uh marvel movie worst automatically like there's a fist in my face and i don't know why (laughs) uh that 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 movie really start loki who was one of our favorite (laughs) but so so here's the DC people saying, well, fuck, we're so far behind. And then and then what do the Marvel assholes do? They roll out a D-list property. And I'm being kind when yeah. I say the Guardians of the Galaxy, D-list property. What does it do? <laughs> yeah, gangbusters at the box office. And it spawns, yeah, and then they get involved with the uh, Avengers. And yeah, Avengers Endgame is coming out this year. Did you see Captain Marvel? No, no, we're seeing that this weekend. Oh, okay, good but, for you. But but yeah, I mean, it, it. But that's the thing. It's like again, methodical, mm-hmm. like introducing these characters. I mean, look, 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 what the Black Panther is, and it's like when this when the thing started, did they know they knew they were going to roll it out eventually? But did they know it was going to be that big of a success and that big of a gangbusters? DC has been doing nothing but playing catch up ever since. And the same thing. It's like, oh, Batman versus Superman made. $800 million. Well, Guardians did a billion. So this is a flop and Ben Affleck sucks and we have to redo the whole thing. It's just toxic. DC's film um, film industry is just toxic. And so, and, and then just to put a little capper on the Marvel talk, uh, James Gunn is back to do Guardians 3. So, yay? Yeah. We'll end on Shazam first, but Shazam, my recommendation for the week, they're half-hour shows, or actually 22-minute shows. Um, Don't waste your time. I would. I, you, you, you watch one. Like, like they're, they're, the, the crimes that they're solving, they're so ABC after-school special. There was these three mid-teenage kids in the pilot episode. Were they littering? They were going to steal a car just to drive it around for a little bit, like, you know, go joyriding. Joy riding. Right. There's no violence. 
they weren't carjacking anybody. And one of these kids was wasn't sure he wanted to do it. And, and and literally there was a moral at the end of every story, like, you know, be true to yourself or shake. And it was great because watch the pilot episode, because Adam West characters quote Shakespeare. Oh my. <laughs> you know, as Shakespeare would say, you know As and, he quoted the literal guy, Shakespeare. The literal guy. The literal. Like like they like as Shakespeare would say, not as the character from Shakespeare would say. Oh no, he does it as the character from Shakespeare. Okay. It, it, it's the full Adam West experience. Right. Acting. Yes. <laughs> he's not acting. He's a thespian at that point. So uh, now Marvel, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three, James Gunn back in the mixed. Um, swing. <laughs> Could not be happier. Great. White guy director making good. Finally. Are you are you a gun fan? Yeah, no, he's fine. I, I thought it was bullshit that he got fired. It was a hit job. It was like some right wing Republican, you know, media guy trying to make a name for himself. Hit job, and uh, you know, but uh, bad for Disney to immediately fire him. You know, to, buying into the, the you know caving into the canceled culture of uh, you know this fake outrage, and uh, not not you know not taking a step back. Not doing an investigation, not standing by your person um, until you know um, more substantial uh, allegations came to light. I mean, he made some bad jokes. It, really, he that was it. He was fired over some tasteless jokes that he'd made ten years prior. Right, right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Same, thing, same thing with Chris Hart and stuff. Well, like maybe that. they did the right thing. Maybe they fired him. It went away. They cooled off and they brought him back. I don't know. I'm I mean, very excited. I, I love his work. I guess only Disney can get away with stuff like that. You know, that sort of no hard feelings because they have the money to throw at that. They can literally just throw money at it and go, here, we were sorry we fucked up. Here's, you know, whatever you made last year, Griswold, add 20%. Right. Only and instead of 20, it's 100. <laughs> they probably doubled the salary. You got a parenting tip? Uh, I do not because I forget where I put my kids. Damn it. <laughs> you? Um... I we we had a really good moment today. Uh, our oldest guy got his progress report. He's been doing fine all year, but it came back exceptional. And you know, there there's that moment. My parenting tip is one hundred percent make sure that they know this is all them. And although you had to yell at them and argue with them every day to put the work in. You didn't benefit from the work. They did. They put the work in. So um, go well out of your way to make sure that they feel that their hard work um, rewarded itself. Mm. And the pressure points don't leave marks. <laughs> yeah, that's an oldie but a goodie. I put it right there. That's why I read it. I will come back <laughs> to that time and time again. Um, so... Um, that's it. I think this is the first three-hour podcast that we've done. No, it's been been about an hour and a half or so, I guess. You know, it's a good one. Whatever. I'll edit it down. You won't even know the difference. I'll throw in some wacky purple knockout gas that'll emit from your iPhone to knock you out for the... Actually, what am I talking about? Just the sound of my voice will knock what, you what out. What about the Samsung people? I know. <laughs> well, um, so because it was St. Patrick's Day last week and because I love the song, can we can we go out with stupid Boston face guy again that can't be found anywhere except the Carnival Personnel Podcast? Sure thing. You want me to just like do like cold right into it or do you want me to put the music under my voice that there's really not a lot of big talk up into the song. So I guess it really doesn't fucking matter. Um, I try to. You, you, you're, you're the rainmaker. I'm the rain man. 
Definitely. <laughs> can it be both? You know. Definitely Wapner. Definitely. Definitely Wapner. Yeah. Oh, Qantas. <laughs> so that's it. Um, thank you for listening. You can follow us um, anywhere, really. At, at, at Carnival Podcast on the Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Opti Grabber on the Twitter. Mm. And, uh, and the, Jacques the Jacques Four. four. The, the Jacques if, Four. If, if, yes, the Jacques Four, if you want a lot of uh, New England Patriot related, like, you know. If uh, you like proofreading. <laughs> I shouldn't kid. He has a learning disability, as do I. I am, a, you know. I've, and I'm lazy. You're right, right. You know, you, um, yeah, you really should read what you write. Uh, what? No, no, I, I, you, uh, I have nothing else to say, Jacques. I, I should, if I learn to read. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, what? Don't forget. All me ancestors came to this fair land for five generations back. I can't understand. Why I act so ethnic and so off the boat when all I am is a watered down I never stood out So I shined up me forehead And grabbed me a stout I pinned all me pants And got a brush cut I never wear socks And I act wicked tough Around myself with friends named McGee, O'Hallahan, and O'Flaherty. We act so Irish and so Gaelic, but all we are is just watered down bricks. Little, 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 little,